This is Restart Hope with Pastor Joel Sicker on FM 94.1 The Voice. He is the best encourager and his encouragement brings comfort, does it not? Oh my God, what kind of comfort it brings. When you just, if you can just sit in those times when you're feeling down and go through the promises that Jesus has for you, the encouragement that he has for you, I'm telling you, you will get up and you will roar like a lion and frighten your wife. <laughs> But his encouragement brings comfort from love. That's what Paul says. Listen, he says, if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love. I remember the time when, actually the first time in my life, when I actually tangibly got to experience the comfort of God's love. You ever sat in that place when your back is against the wall and the world has let you down? It was your stupidity that got you there maybe, your sin. And your back is against the wall and you say, Lord, if you just get me out of this. You pray those prayers, right? Just, just get me out of this, Lord. Just, just get me out of this. God, please, you're my only hope. Just get me out of this. God, I feel like I'm done. My life is over. Just get me out of this. And he comes and he comforts you with his love. I remember sitting and singing, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. That was the only hope I could hold on to when I was depressed and lonely. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. Oh, what comfort that there is in, that there is in his love. He is the, he's, he's the comforter who can comfort you unto eternity. No one else can comfort you this way. I remember sitting and singing about Jesus' love when I was feeling alone. I remember sitting and singing about Jesus' love when I felt like nobody else could love me. I remember sitting and singing about Jesus' love when the truth of your parents will leave you. And who else can love you? And the truth of his word that says, even though your father and mother leave you, I will never forsake you. What comfort is there in his love? Have you experienced comfort in his love? Paul writes and he says, if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, I'm telling you, if you receive the gospel, you have received this. And then he says, not only that, but there's also participation in the spirit. If there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the spirit, you see what God does is, he takes a broken guy like me. He takes a broken person like you. He takes a person like we sang earlier this morning before we jumped in. We've willfully gone our own way. We all like sheep have gone astray. He takes you. He not only encourages you, comforts you with his love, and then he makes you a partner with him. Oh man, come on. This is, this is stupid, right? I mean, because there are people in this world who would never want to partner with you. And the God of the universe will partner with you? It's true. There's participation in the spirit. The Greek word over here is koinonia. There's fellowship. I mean, you would not want to open your home to everybody. I mean, there are certain people you're like, you know what, man, I've forgiven him, but I'm just not going to invite him in my house ever again. It's just, we don't get along. The Holy Spirit's not like that. Jesus says, man, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone will hear my voice, anyone, I will come in and I will coin in here. I will fellowship with him. There's participation in the Spirit. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Jesus says in John chapter 14, verse 16, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever the spirit of truth the world cannot receive him because it neither sees him nor knows him but you do know him for he's uh, he's been with you but he will be in you this is crazy that we get to participate with the holy spirit so if you say that you've received the gospel if you say that you responded to the good news of jesus if you say i am a disciple of jesus christ you have received encouragement you have received comfort from his love and you are called to partner with the holy spirit and then it gets better. And he says, if there's any affection and sympathy. Ready for some LOL, some laugh out loud? Okay, good. 
good. So this is how it would read. If there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any koinonia, any participation in the Spirit, and any intestines or entrails and sympathy. Right? Weird, right? It's crazy because the word affection over here, it talks about a gut feeling. And this is important, guys, because I don't know if you ever felt that gut feeling for someone. You're like, man, it's like, you give me butterflies in my tummy, you know? Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> okay, it's crazy. It's funny because Paul is saying when you receive the gospel, that's how God feels for you. I mean, he feels compassion for you. He feels such mm, gut-wrenching love for you. It says in the gospels when Jesus, he saw the crowds that they were hungry, they were like a sheep without a shepherd, he felt compassion for them. He felt in his gut. You know, the Bible says, carry one another's burdens. That's what it means. It means like, man, have a deep sense of compassion and love for one another. You know, we're living in a world where we're so selfish right now. We never really feel that even for our own spouses. We don't want to feel that for our own children. And you know how I know this? Because I lived that way many times. And the Holy Spirit has to convict me. And what a joy for you to know, man, if you have not responded to the gospel, I hope this makes you jealous because you're missing out on a lot. Encouragement from the creator of the universe compassion and love that he's like oh my gosh you make my tummy tickle every time you sing to me every time you come to me what a beautiful thing the bible says that he sings songs over you oh what a love story this is that the creator of the universe will look at you and he's like man i can't wait for you to come and talk to me i can't wait for you to come running into my throne room of grace because boy the blessing i want to give you is so intense it's so beautiful and if you say you received this gospel we got to work towards unity we got to work towards unity because there's power in unity and we'll get, we'll get unpacking with that. So let's look at this once again. Complete my joy of being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. And how? How are we going to get there? He says, if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation of spirit, any affection and sympathy, then, only then, will you be able to complete the joy of working under you know, leadership and working in a church listen, being a part of a body of Christ like this having the same mind, having the same love being in full accord and of one mind Colossians chapter 3 verse 12 this is how Paul says it, he says put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness humility, meekness and patience, can you imagine a church like that, kindness, meekness gentleness, patience, bearing with one another and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Now this sounds great, doesn't it? Amen? Sounds beautiful, right? No? Okay. But it's also a little scary because I think we have a completely wrong understanding of what unity and humility looks like. Here's the second thing I want you to write down. Unity is not agreeing with everyone, but having humility in disagreements. Unity is having humility in disagreements. See, I've had a huge problem of insecurity growing up because I know when I feel passionate about something, I get loud and proud about it. Okay? I, I, I want to just like go to town and go crazy. I, I want to explode. And oftentimes, I feel like if I walk in confidence, it's walking in pride. And oftentimes walking in confidence, people say, man, why are you being so prideful? Anybody feel that way? Just because you're loud, just because you are, you know, like you want to be this, this huge, like, woo, you know, crazy loud. People are like, man, you're being proudful. Why are you talking so much? So because there's a passion in me. I can't, I can't lock it up and my, my bones will explode if I shut up about it. It's not pride. Humility 
does not mean you're just going to agree with everyone and shut up. It means when you have disagreements, doing it in humility. Um, a great way to test to see if you're a prideful person or not is to see how you disagree with someone. I want you to know this, folks. Disagreements is not a symptom of pride. But the way you disagree is certainly a sign of pride or of humility. You see, we're living in a world where it's a cancel culture right now. If you disagree with someone, they cancel you out. They hate you. They shut you up. They will throw all sorts of false accusations against you, even if you're one bit off from the way a person thinks. You see, a problem in our world right now is we do not know how to communicate religion and politics openly with disagreeing with people. And because of that, we've taught, no, you cannot do that in public. It's just not our culture. And because of that, we just do not know how to communicate our differences. And humility doesn't mean you shut your mouth and just agree with everybody. In fact, we're going to see it's essential for believers to have a strong conviction. We have to have a strong conviction. Otherwise, we water down the gospel. Otherwise, we will shut our churches down and we just become what the world wants us to be. We need to have a strong conviction. Humility does not mean that we will agree with everyone. Humility is we disagree, but we do it in a way where we're trying to be, bring unity even while we disagree. I think this is a game changer. I believe this is a message that is going to change the way you lead. I believe this is going to change. I mean, if, if politicians would listen to this, if, if leadership would listen to this, I believe that God has such beautiful wisdom in how we can lead our lives, our church, our families better. If you become your own excessive obsession, okay, when it comes to disagreement, uh, you end up hurting people, you end up hurting yourself, and you would lose a lot of friends. Look at verse 3. Paul says, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. So he's going to say what not to do and then say what to do. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, count others more significant than yourself. So a few questions for you. When you're in disagreement with someone, is it because of your own selfish ambition? Now again, listen. This is, this is something that's going to take you all week and maybe you need to go to your life group, find a life group this week to dive into this, this question. Because if you really want to see power that's then unity, you have to answer this question. When you're disagreeing with someone, we all have disagreements. This week you disagreed with someone. Do you do it because of your own selfish ambition? If you're wondering what selfish ambition is, uh, I did some homework for you guys. It's seeking your own pleasure or profit. It's egotistic. It's self-centered. It's self-regarding. It's self-absorbed, self-obsessed, self-seeking, self-serving, wrapped up in oneself, inward-looking, self-loving. Key word is self very good, you're catching on. Inconsiderate, thoughtless, unthinking, uncaring. Romans chapter 2 verse 8 says, but for those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, there will be wrath and fury. Look at this. For those who do not obey the truth, he says those who are self-seeking do not obey the truth. Why? Because they're following their own patterns. They don't care what God has to say. They're following their own truth. And they obey unrighteousness and there's a punishment for those who, are, who live with selfish ambition. James chapter 3 verse 14 says, But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. When you are in disagreement with someone, are you full of yourself? Or are you ready to keep an open mind to understand the situation or the person you're disagreeing with? Listen man, husbands, I want to talk to you. Sometimes your wives are way smarter than you. Now, true story, true story, okay? I'm not just saying that because I borrowed my wife's beads this morning, all right? I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I'll make it look better than her, you know? No, I'll make it look better when she's wearing it. True story. No, calm down. I'm from India. I can pull these things off, okay? See, I had to say something like that just to make you guys laugh. 
Don't laugh at my beads. It was made by like Nigerian kids who are suffering. Like I'm doing to support them. Levi, can we please edit all of that out? <laughs> this is what makes the living church living and active and alive, right? They got the crazy pastor who just speaks with no filter. Crazy. Husbands, there have been times when the Holy Spirit had to shut me up and say, listen to your wife, man. There have been times when, like I said earlier, when, when, when I feel like God's given me a vision, I just want to go crazy. And I love it that God brought a helper that actually keeps an eye on the details. Babe, God told me, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to go all the way to D.C. on a motorcycle ride in September. It's going to be fantastic. She's like, all right. It's going to be raining on your way back. Uh, it's going to take you so many days. How many miles do you think you're going to ride? I'm like, all right, 1,000 miles. I'll do it in one day. Like, okay, fine. Not going to happen, Joel. I know the spirit is willing, but your body is weak. Trust me, I know that, you know. What are you going to eat along the way? Man, I, know, I don't have to eat. I'm just going to fast, and you're going to ride your motorcycle all day. Okay. See, I know I make myself sound like an idiot, right? I'm not. Trust me, I'm not. Okay, it's just that sometimes, sometimes we, we, we don't want, we just want to have our way. And God's brought people in your life that will tell you things that you don't want to hear. And, and, and when you disagree with them, don't do it out of selfish ambition because you end up hurting yourself. And whenever you disagree with someone, you got to ask yourself, is, this because of my, is it because of my pride? Is it my selfish ambition? Is it what I want? Because oftentimes, and again, I can speak as a husband because I'm one, we, we forfeit the comfort of a helper by your side because you just completely disregard this. And I will take it a step further and say, sometimes God will speak to you even through your children, man. Because you think I speak without a filter? Dear God, children, they will teach you humility. I heard, I heard another pastor share this. He said, uh, his child asked him, hey dad, where did you grow up? And he said, in Chicago. And she pauses and looks at him and she says, was that the New Testament or the Old Testament? Right? Because you're so old. Like, were you, did you grow up in the Old Testament? I mean, talk about learning humility. No, see, the old people will say amen to that. Because, yeah, because my son's already like, hey, dad, when you die, can I get your motorcycles? I was like, whoa. <laughs> you know? I know I'm getting a few gray hairs, but selfish ambition, child. But look at this, look at this. He says, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. That's all the time we have for today, but we would like to hear from you. Our address is P.O. Box 2014 Eagle, Idaho 83616. You can also listen to this message and more on the Living Church Boise app, available in your app store.